And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network is the audio destination for business professionals who seek the best education and inspiration on how to grow a business. HubSpot Podcast Network hosts act as on-demand mentors to entrepreneurs, startups, and scale-ups through practical tips and inspirational stories. Listen, learn, and grow with the HubSpot Podcast Network at HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Today, I am going to break down the story of Theranos. You've heard it in the news You've heard about Elizabeth Holmes. You've heard about the incredible growth and all the scandal. Now you're going to hear it from me. We're going to start off with the origin story. We're going to speak about how they grew so quickly and then the rise and then the fall, the deceit and everything that's still ongoing and all the things that are still unfolding, even as this podcast episode airs. This is normally a business case study that leads into a growth story. But realistically, this is the story of Theranos that went from $9 billion to a $0 valuation and criminal charges. From $9 billion to $0 with criminal charges. And if you don't know the story, I'm happy that I'm the first one bringing it to you. But there's a good chance that if you are involved in tech or you have been paying attention to the news and you've heard the the name Elizabeth Holmes, you would have heard the Theranos story before because it's still ongoing. So it's not even done yet. But let's bring you up to speed. So where does Theranos start? Where does this story start? This idea, this concept? Well, the dramatic improvements in medicine over the past hundred years or so have been some of the most defining factors in modern civilization. What used to be life-threatening diseases are now mild annoyances that we only wait out because of modern medicine. Undiagnosable diseases back hundreds of years ago are now identifiable because of modern techniques and testing. This is a story of Theranos, a company that claimed to be on the forefront, on the bleeding edge of modern medicine. They claimed to be able to revolutionize how blood testing is done. But we will see how the company grew, how it ultimately crumbled, and how now it is in a massive amount of legal trouble, well, most notably the founders in a massive amount of legal trouble because of some of the claims that they made. So how did Theranos begin? Well, imagine if you are taking a blood test, general diagnostic. The standard practice is to take multiple draws of blood to accomplish several tests. Theranos, however, offered an alternative to this. As a health tech company, Theranos claimed to be able to conduct a multitude of tests with only a few drops of blood. Only using a few drops of blood means a more efficient healthcare system, one that is cheaper and faster. This was all said to be possible through Theranos' proprietary technology. Through 
Theranos' invention, quote unquote, air quotes invention, the Edison, up to 200 tests can be performed using only a few drops of blood. A breakthrough like this had incredible implications for how healthcare is accomplished globally. So with such an impressive piece of technology under the hood, of course, they grew quickly. So within a relatively short period of time, Theranos blew up, expanded. With the company's claims, a lot of people had their eyes on the potential of Theranos. There were practical applications and financial opportunities that people wanted to achieve with Theranos. But how did this all start? Well, let's talk about the founder, Elizabeth Holmes. So back in 2003, Elizabeth Holmes was taking up a degree in chemical engineering at Stanford University. Eventually, in that same year, she dropped out of Stanford to pursue her idea of new ways of doing blood tests. Holmes was the founder of the startup Real Time Cures. This startup eventually became Theranos as we know it today. While serving as CEO for Theranos, Holmes was well known for her charisma, image, and aura. She was an incredibly personable, likable person. Holmes proved to be crucial for how Theranos grew. She was the one that championed and evangelized the vision. She had the Steve Jobs-esque startup founder allure. It was through her commanding presence she took Theranos forward. It's how she evangelized the product, how she raised money, how she made people believe the claims. She was serving as both the face and the leader for Theranos. And because she was so confident in her vision and she had such an aura around her, she raised a lot of money from a lot of significant people. She knew that approaching the right people would lead to the right investors, the right money, and of course, ultimately to growth of her vision and her company. So Elizabeth Holmes approached different venture capitalists to fund her vision for Theranos. A key point here is that Holmes approached venture capitalists that were not well-versed in medical technology or health technology. Theranos got around $6 million in funding by late 2004. The promise of a revolutionary way of doing blood work enticed different entities to partner up with Theranos and Holmes. Besides the original venture capital funds which funded Theranos, others helped. Theranos grew to a top valuation of $9 billion. Partners included Safeway and Walgreens, plus, of course, other funding firms, venture firms, angels, stakeholders. This was enormous. And she did this by bringing in dumb money and building in quote-unquote stealth mode. Theranos was secretive. Holmes was secretive, not only with the technology, but also how the company worked. As it was known in the industry, they worked in what's called a stealth mode. This means that they did not generally publicize their findings or research or have many press releases associated. It was just this growing entity that couldn't stop, couldn't be slowed down. This enabled Theranos to inquire more and more partners to expand itself without explaining what they were actually working on. And because they were validated by some of these really impressive investors early on, even though they weren't health tech investors or medical tech investors, they were still impressive investors, this sort of got the ball rolling and it started to snowball to a to an extent. By claiming Theranos could not say exactly how their blood testing works because it was a 
quote unquote trade secret, partners got into agreements where they basically just took Theranos's and Elizabeth Holmes' word at face value. By claiming to have revolutionized how blood testing was done, Theranos brought something new to the table. Using Edison, Theranos would have made traditional blood testing completely obsolete. This was a big deal. This would have carved a new practice in the healthcare industry. Tests would not only be cheaper, but they would also be automatically processed, more accurate, and portable. This attracted a lot of attention from media hype, investors, business partners. But as Theranos grew rapidly, multiple people became skeptical about the company. For example, a Stanford professor publicly raised suspicions about Theranos' claim because there were no peer-reviewed articles about Theranos' technology. In the health sciences, this was a highly unusual practice. However, a turning point for Theranos was when journalist John Caru published his article about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. In this article, he published that Theranos was not using his technology for their demonstrations. Instead, normal blood te- testing technologies and techniques were used just under the guise of being something new. There was never any innovative technology that actually worked and the supposed Edison was never even real. Though Theranos tried to defend itself, the damage was already done. Other people within the company spoke out on Theranos' false claims. The exposure of Theranos' lies about their technology severed ties with Walgreens and Safeway. Plus, Theranos received repercussions from the FDA, the SEC, and multiple investor lawsuits. Eventually, in 2018, they dissolved after years of legal trouble. From a valuation reaching up to $9 billion, Theranos dropped to being worth basically nothing. In that same year, Elizabeth Holmes and her COO, Ramesh Sunny Balwani, were charged by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California. Several accusations and charges were made throughout the years. And most recently, in February of 2021, Holmes was accused by federal investigators of destroying evidence during the last days of Theranos. So what can we learn from this story? The lies, the deceit, the rise, the fall, some of their progress, some of their momentum, but also the fact that it was built on a fake product. So Theranos did some things that we can learn from, also did a lot of things that we should avoid. So what should we pick up from this story? The first is that bringing something to the table is crucial. So Theranos provided something revolutionary in their industry. If they didn't try and push the bar, there would be no attracting any customers, partners, investors. So you do have to show up and push the bar slightly. However, you kind of have to back it up with the real product. Secondly, how you present yourself is important. Elizabeth Holmes led Theranos as its face and CEO with a certain presence. Charisma, image, and aura will help with how people approach and think of you to the point where apparently she did it so well that she didn't even need to have a working product. So imagine how powerful her personality could be with a company that actually delivered. The third thing we should learn from the Theranos story is you should always choose carefully who you approach for your business. Elizabeth Holmes got millions in funding early on by choosing people who did not understand the health technology industry well. Now, this is an interesting lesson because she chose people that allowed her to raise money easier. Can you raise money easier from people that don't understand your industry if you sell it? Potentially, but I'm going to argue that it's better to raise money from people that understand your industry intimately so that they can actually help you when shit hits the fan 
versus trying to raise dumb money. So learn that you can choose different kinds of people to raise money for your company if you're an entrepreneur. But I would strongly suggest you default to people that could be a little bit harder to raise money from, but they can provide more value. But the most important lesson out of all these lessons is to back up your claims that you make. You can make all the claims in the world and Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes continuously made false claims about its technology and what it could offer the world. Don't make claims that you can't follow up on. It's going to backfire in your face later on. The bottom line is that Theranos was a company that grew quickly because of the value its claims created. A new way of doing blood tests meant drastic change for the healthcare industry. However, false promises, lies, deceit led to Theranos losing everything it had built up. While claiming something to differentiate your business from competitors is crucial, making claims you cannot follow up on will only harm your business in the long term. Theranos relied on false claims to create value. Once its lies were exposed, everything was destroyed. How Theranos grew its business, how it lost everything, is something that all businesses and companies should learn from as they try and build something that can grow incredibly quickly, but do it from a place of ethics. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate 
on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com excellence. That's linkedin.com excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. 
text success that's s-u-c-c-e-s-s to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with belay